keep talking, y'all. I'm using the bathroom. I'll be right back. Yeah, I got to uh, use the bathroom too. So, oh, are we coming uh, with you to the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, all, take I mean, me. Oh. He'll just give us a full report later. All right, come on. Let's go. This is, let's go. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, I mean, you'll be able to hear us. This is this is Johnny like, O'Mara with the, this the is soothing sounds of piss. If it's, you're pissing, you're listening. That's 98 piss. When I have a piss, I like to think about all the other times that I've had a piss and all the ways I can change it up sometimes. You know, I'd like to uh, see a big vat of all the piss I've ever pissed in my life. You really put things in perspective, you know? Mm. Mm. How many gallons of, of piss do you think that like an average person uh, does in a lifetime? In a lifetime. Maybe, in a, maybe even a year. Let's just mm. step back in a year. Gallons, well... You like say you do like a a pint of piss, a pint a day, or like the bladder, however much it holds, and you f- do it twice a day if you're hydrating well. So you only pee twice a day. Well, well the, I pee like, like a hundred times a day. Well, like I think we fill up our bladders to capacity about two times a day, but we pee at different times. Okay, wow. Um, Did you go <laughs> fucking rude? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, eight hundred to two thousand milliliters a day. So let's say let's say like fourteen hundred because it's right in the middle. Multiply three sixty five. So fourteen hundred milliliters to ounces uh-huh. is forty seven point three four. So let's say forty seven ounces. Forty seven ounces to gallons. That's about a third of a gallon a day. So 0.33 times 365 is 100, 120 gallons mm. a year. That's a lot of piss. I'm going to go make some more. I just want to point out that uh, all of that math and like conversion and whatnot that just happened came from the guy who will not learn the game. <laughs> play. It is late afternoon on a day where storms swirl and rage around Nordia, but not above Nordia. Are uh, you okay, Liz? There's like yelling in the hall. Hmm? Sounds like a dog to me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Take me out for a walk, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Begin. <laughs> a strong beam of light from the afternoon sun cuts through the clouds and shines down on Nordia, a land that now sparkles with the fresh 
uh, slick water that was rained down upon it. You can see below there are people emerging from their houses and uh, other dwellings to shake off the rain from their various businesses and continue life once again. Nordia is a small place, but it has more skyport space than you could possibly imagine a place like this having. There's space enough for a ship the size of the Uhuru, and the port can be modified to accommodate a ship many times larger. There are also several smaller docks for smaller ships. There, we can see a medium ship is parked. It is much finer than the Uhuru, with new wood, fresh ropes, and gleaming details on the sides and front and aft of the ship. There are vines being thrown down from the Uhuru as the dock workers of Nordia reel them in, preparing the dock procedure for the ship. We cut to the deck of the ship, where many crew members are gathered around Travis. Travis, who is currently cradling an arm, pulling away from people as they try to examine the injury he clearly has as blood runs down his clothing. Let me let me see. It's fine. It will be fine. I just need to rest <sighs> until uh, sundown and I'll be fine. Matigo, that's way too much blood for you to just need rest. You gotta be stitched up by someone. Well, I'll I'll do it. Uh, G- Gable will do it. Gable's good with the needle and thread. And, uh... Alright, alright, everybody, uh, go find Gable. Somebody run down to, to, to the birds and, and get Gable. Everyone, go find Gable. <laughs> Boy, that is you. I have... Well, I said everyone, but I did Everyone mean... that I am speaking to, get out there and find Gable the and report back here with Gable member of the crew should absolutely be the one doing this. And everyone in the crew needs to be on point and go and hustling. Nobody... Don't worry, Spit. I got that this. order. Belay that belay order. Belay his belay. No one... <laughs> oh, my God. Both of you just go and get Gable. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Johnny goes and finds Gable. Are we landed? Uh, so you are being reeled in right okay. now. Did you rejoin with the ship, or did you fly down on uh, Metatron? Is this another one of those ports where we have to, like, send an emissary down to, like, pay fees? No, this isn't a major port, uh, so that gets settled after you've landed. Uh, Gable needed to get Lucas. That's true. Lucas is out there flying free without a rider. So I think a a good portion of time was spent getting an unusually (laughs) blood-covered... Lucas. <laughs> Lucas looking very smug. And covered like the full like red mask of death. Like, what happened to you, my friend? <laughs> you dirty little boy. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and so I think we only just got both the birds back into their cages. And there's still like tons of barnacle shit everywhere. Yeah. 
Gable is down in the aviary and below decks, and Jonnet makes his way down to see them. Uh, Gable, uh, what happened? I can take over. Is Travis what? up there? Yeah, he's up there, and uh, things are kind of like not right, not great. Um, and he needs to see you, and I can take a care, and uh, I can wrap up here. So you just got to go up there and uh, patch him up. Tell him you got to go tell patch me him to, up. Are you telling? Are you telling me to wrap wrap it up here? Are you commanding me to wrap it up here? Oh, I'm just saying that if you don't want to do this anymore, I can take care of it, and you are needed uh, back up uh, up on top of the deck. Just because you have basically godlike powers doesn't mean that I have to defer to you. I'll do it. I'll do well, it because. I'm, I'm not giving I'm just, anybody an order. I'm just saying that Travis is much more worse for wear than I've ever seen him in a very particular and fun way. And you should check that that's out. Okay. As you can see, he's left quite a bit of himself all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Are you coming with me or did you really want to take over here? I got I got these birds. You want to... Uh, okay. What do, you, what do you need? I need to clean up Lucas? What? Give me a rag. Give me some water. I'll clean up Lucas. And they need to be fed, and they need to be... Yeah. Okay. Mm. I eat food, I'm going to give them my food. I'm going to let you figure this out, and Gable leaves. All right. This is definitely okay. a scene. <laughs> <laughs> so the camera focuses on Jonnet. I, I think there's a bit of an excited gleam in his eyes as Gable leaves, and he gets to tend to the birds. Hey, Lucas. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You, uh, you bloody. All right. So, hey, we're going to be hanging out for a little bit and I got to clean your face. So just hold still. And I'm going to grab this. Okay. All right. You, you, right? you don't want to hang. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. Does a earthworm that I've been saving for this. Wow. It's very dead for this exact situation. Does that entice you at all? Anyway. No, no. No. Okay, all right, all right. Well, then, I've been hanging on to this for a long time. All right, well, then, how about this? You're not a horse, but you want some grain? Wait, I feel like you almost are speaking to me, and I feel like I should be listening harder in this moment. Uh, can I get, I guess it's going to be, there's no animal handling in this game. <laughs> there's riding. There's ride. Yeah. Can I get a riding check from you at hold <laughs> for dice? I, I'm trying to, Liz, hold for dice. you can help me on, on figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Lucas is just, had human flesh and blood. Yes. Just ate that. So how <laughs> difficult should this check be? Well, extremely difficult, but now he has the taste for it. The yeah. taste for flesh, human flesh. I think this is a hard check, Jonathan. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am where I writing. Oh, actually, writing ain't bad. So the three, boop, boop, boop. Okay. Oh, well, actually. Okay, one success and one threat. Ooh, okay. Mm. So I don't think Jonnet, I think Jonnet manages to feed Lucas without, you know, that be like, manages to pick the right food or whatever. But what mm. do we think the threat is? Well, I think that 
in feeding him, like he finds like a bunch of like seed and he goes to like drag it across the the room. And in dragging it across the room, he gets too close to like an exposed nail and he sort of like clips himself. So now uh, Lucas knows like Travis's blood and now Jonnet's blood. Oh, I, I was. Has, has figured out that this one also has blood. <laughs> has blood, yes. And it's a very, and he associates it with seeds, so he associates it with food. When, when you mentioned the loose nail, I pictured a, a different situation popping up Uh-oh. where he's dragging this bag of bird feed, it catches the loose nail, and then it just tears open and it's spilled everywhere. <laughs> okay, and then Luke, Lucas is just running around eating f- everywhere? Yes. Yeah, I think you is have Metatron? to corral Lucas. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right. Here, where's this rope? All right, I'm going to hog tie you, you big old bird. You're going to try and hog tie a... A bird. 20-foot-long bird, at least. This is mm-hmm. radical. We're going to learn a lesson afterwards. <laughs> um, I uh, Roll for me either survival or sailing. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so I'll do sailing, I which I have. I don't think better. this is what is. Well, it's yeah, tying I feel like knots. Oh, actually, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah? All right. Yeah. Because my survival is worse than my sailing. Well, you and roll whichever you prefer, yeah, because this, like, if you think there's a skill that would be better for this, you can also do that. But I'll do sailing. What's right. the uh, difficulty? Difficulty on this, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard, and one yeah. of those dice is a red die. Great. <laughs> the bird is an adversary. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas dies when I say. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. So this this goes south immediately. Um, this is two failures and a threat. Okay. So I think whatever designs you had on hog tying Lucas just mm-hmm. are not going to pan out for Great. sure. Uh, so it's one of those things where uh, Lucas and Jonnet, uh, he's like starts to, to come at each other. They're like making eyes for each other. And then Jonnet goes lower than the camera. Lucas dips below the camera. We hear struggling. We see feathers. We see hands. And then Lucas comes up fine. And then the camera pans down and Jonnet has somehow hogtied himself. <laughs> Lucas is just standing on top of him. <laughs> well, I think Lucas settles down, like puffs his little feathers out, settles down, and just sits on top of Jonathan. <laughs> oh, poor cartoon oh, boy. Oh, come on! I'm not an egg! <laughs> I think Metatron just gives you this pitying look. Tisk tisk. Help me! And we'll cut up to the top deck where Gable emerges from lower decks uh, to see Travis. Travis, you are in a predicament because if the crew finds out that you lost a limb, they're going to ask a lot of questions tomorrow Mm -hmm. when you have it back. Is Gable, have they made it up? I think they're just going to be emerging, but I, I want to know, like, in that meantime, you're waiting, people are around you, they're looking concerned, they see a lot of blood coming out of you, and thing is, you know you'll be fine, mm-hmm. only if you keep your secret, though. Please, I know Gable will be here shortly. If someone could just get me a stiff drink, I will be fine. 
I will be fine. Let's get a roll from that. Okay. I think this is going to be uh, against two purple and yeah, two purple and a black. Um, okay. And you're probably going to be using either charm or coercion or one of those, maybe negotiation. Ooh. I, is, I don't see charm. They're under social. Oh, I see. I see charm. Okay. Yeah, I'll do charm. What the heck? Jeremy. So that is no, that's no. That is one failure and one advantage. Okay. So your request was for people to leave you alone and get you a stiff drink. That request is not going to be fulfilled, but you clearly have a lot of advantages. So you can tailor this situation to kind of work in your benefit. What are you going to do with that? Okay. So I have one arm that's like missing a hand mm-hmm. and one that's fine. I get a bunch of blood on my fine hand uh-huh. and I tuck it into my sleeve and I hold it up and I say, oh, my my hand. Oh, my gosh, my hand. The crew gasps and shouts. And then I stick my <gasps> hand out of the sleeve and say, I'm joking. Just please someone get me a drink. I will be fine. I just need Gable and a few bandages. Uh, that Trust rules. me. <laughs> Disgusting. That, oh, that's so good. That's choice. I think Gable emerges just as the crew is kind of like grumbling as they move away from Travis, having just pulled this stunt on them. Are we not landing? Are we going to be enjoying a show instead of trying not to crash into this fine port? I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were all on vacation. How about we all get to our posts? And with that, like people snap to attention a little bit. Uh, a voice of authority has has come onto the deck. And right now, uh, it is very clear to everyone just how much taller Gable is than them. Yeah. Uh, and people like go about uh, to tending the sails and, and do the difficult work of reeling themselves in while slowly lowering the temperature of the weave above. Uh, Gable walks over to Travis and just doesn't even crouch down, just kind of looks down at him like a teacher. You're welcome. So? Well, I was saying that first, assuming you were going to thank me. Absolutely not. Never. Will never, ever, 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 ever. Ever what? Never. <laughs> do you need to get downstairs? No, I want to know what you're never going to do. I'm never going to. What well, What did you say? Never. I, I said you're welcome. I will and never you thank you. I will never thank you, but mostly just the theme. Anyway, let's get you downstairs. Uh, we cut to, where do you take him? Do you take him to the captain's quarters or Dref's quarters? Dref's quarters is where the, the stuff is. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to come in here. No. You, this can't be your thing. Well, I'm sorry. Mm, Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take this and this and. You need to create your own. Uh, people need to use this space. Okay, it needs well, to be a co-working space. Are you are you gonna use this uh, yes. this spooky skeleton hand? Yes or no? Tell me right now. I mean, I'm not. Okay, I'm gonna take it there. Thank you. Take care. Um, so you're not gonna be using your bunk now no, if you're gonna be in here. Just get out of here. Okay. Just get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
So, so show me. What look, I do? lost my hand. I do the thing again because oh. Gable didn't see. Oh. I'm kidding. It was. It, it's oh. still there. It was the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> and the stump that Travis presents is so much more horrifying than mundane dismemberment as people who have been in the sky been around Ariners, it's dangerous work there is a lot of machinery there are many pulleys there are situations where people can lose limbs uh but most of the time when they lose limbs they haven't transformed them into horrible part animal abominations first Mm -hmm. what you're seeing are gigantic animal sinews mixed with human parts. It's a truly disturbing vision. What happened? Oh, you know. No, I don't know. Sacrificing to the luminaries to save everyone again. No. That old hat. That's not a thing that people do. Oh, really? Are you sacrificing yourself to the luminaries frequently? When it's needed. You can't, you can't do those. What do you mean? Well, I did it. I did it. And again, I will say you're welcome. You know that that's how you ended up here in the first place, right? What do you mean? Invoking powers that aren't necessarily that kind to you. Well, yeah, but you know, you win some, you lose some, I guess. What have I got to lose? That's fair your life is extremely sad up top (laughs) (laughs) um gable i i I would like you to make either a medicine check or healing check uh and i need this to be no i don't need it to be it's daunting daunting yes (laughs) i think that is statistically impossible uh so what is order sir uh, that's daunting is four purple. And uh, tell me, what what are you trying to do? What what type of? I don't think we're trying to fix anything. I think we're trying to fix probably stop per- the bleeding. Stop right? the bleeding, and at the very least, keep him awake for the rest of the evening. <laughs> I mean, you got close. No, this is not just. Mm, not close enough. Not close I mean, closer enough. than one should have. Yeah. So that's one failure, two threats. Hmm. The wound is messy. One of the things about peacocks is they are not really predators that, that prey upon animals that aren't like insects, you know? So they don't have beaks that are designed to crush through bone or cleanly tear through flesh. Even though Lucas being a big bird has a powerful beak uh, that could easily snap a human arm and then tear off a piece of it. It's just not a clean tear. This was also done mid flight and kind of in a stressful flying situation. Uh, The flesh did not tear clean. The bone is not broken evenly. And even for somebody like Dref, someone who had incredible medical knowledge, would be out of their depth in this situation simply because they're not quite operating on a human hand. The bleeding slows. I I think there are enough medicines in here to slow it down, but you're still losing blood 
uh, whatever gauze is left is being bled into and bled through at a rate that is quicker than either of you would really like to see. Um, and after some time working, it's clear that you're out of your depth and you'll need help to make sure Travis doesn't bleed out before the evening, which is only a few hours away. In the medical check, am I able to figure out how long? Yeah, I, I think you know that uh, like if he doesn't get help from somebody who is a really, really qualified doctor or medical practitioner, he could lose consciousness within a couple hours. And he needs at least four or five for the sun to disappear behind the horizon. One of the things that you have going in your favor is, oh, no, actually, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say uh, that you had heels, but this is a western facing towards the sea. So you will have a long time before that sun fully disappears. And because it's spring, the day is a little bit longer. How's it looking, Doc? <laughs> Have you done that before? No. That's pretty pretty cool, though, right? It's new. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm a little dizzy, probably from the blood loss. And I liked this coat. So I'm going to have to get a new coat, which means we'll have to go shopping, which is something that's been lacking. I, I agree. <laughs> if we're going to be talking about new things... You're, mm, we have a few options. Okay. In my medical opinion. Oh, good. I can try and do something with, you know, my stuff. Or we find a doctor and take you there right now. Because you're not going to make it to sundown. Uh, you're not going to make it to sundown. I will, and you certainly will not. Well, let's just find a doctor then and say, hello, I have a horrible monster animal hand. Can you fix it? We don't have to. I can try. I've done it before. You fixed one of these before? No. Okay, what about this? You try to do your thing. If it works, great. You just gotta keep me awake until sundown. Yeah. If it doesn't work, we go an inch or two up, chop again, then we go to a doctor. That's fair. That's... I was going to say tomorrow, no matter what, if you were going to make it to sundown, you would have to wrap up the hand just to be, keep up appearances. You've, this is so much harder than it needed to be. You didn't have to do any of this. We, the skies cleared. John, it figured it out. You didn't need to do an incredible stunt spectacular with blood and guts. Here's something, Travis, that you actually know. Your part was 100% necessary. Even with clear skies, that struggling sail, the, the ship could have tipped and people could have spilled out onto the ground. You always do this flair for the dramatic just because you're bored because you've lived for too long. I, I, okay. I will tell you right now. Without me, countless people would have fallen off of that ship. You've tell, you tell us that all the time. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, but this time it's for real. And most other times it's for real, too. You know, you know... I don't think that you really appreciate how much I do for this ship just because I'm such a cool guy and I make everything look so effortless. Sometimes I try. Really? Really? Do you think I want this? 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 I didn't do this for fun. I steal things for fun. I don't know. Here's your watch back, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey heroes, it's James, your game master. Uh, I'm still on vacation, but I think we're finally approaching the part of the series where we're about to introduce a new element that was created by one of our freelancers. For those that don't know, I wanted the scope of Sphere to extend beyond my personal experience and really what I'm capable of creating or writing about. A lot of the times in fantasy, the worlds feel exclusively influenced by Europe and European ideals. And I wanted Skyjacks to extend beyond that, so I turned to freelancers to develop setting aspects that would go beyond just a European perspective, allowing me to incorporate a multicultural perspective but not put myself in a position where I was a white dude writing about other cultures that I really don't know the first thing about. Similarly, because we're an anti-colonial and anti-capitalist show talking about piracy, there was another big setting question hanging over the head of this universe, and that was sex work. If you know anything about the history of pirates, you know that it intertwines with the history of sex work in a pretty big way. And not being a sex worker and not knowing the first thing about sex work, I decided to turn to people with real-life experience with different kinds of sex work to develop setting elements for Skyjacks. And this arc is going to center a little bit around one of the ideas that came from one of our freelance writers. Allie Brinken created the Society of the Black Lily for us. And it's honestly one of my favorite things that's come from one of our freelancers. I can't wait for everyone to learn more, but I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Allie for all of their work on writing up the Black Lily Society. It's so cool, and I can't wait for all of you to hear it. Now, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Terry and Gwingab. Thank you so much. A-C-D. Thank you. Megan Henderson. Thank you very much. Nicholas Gamash. Thank you. Montag505. Thank you very much. Aaron Cox. Thank you so much. Dustin Christofiak. Thank you very much, and let me know if I didn't get that right. The Haiku Bandit. Thank you. David Olson. Thank you very much. Justice W. Johnson. Thank you. Angus Collins. Thank you very much. Roz Powers. Thank you. Bella Williams. Thank you so much. Austin Williamson. Thank you very much. Christian Rivero. Thank you. David Gibb. Thank you very much. Victoriana. Thank you so much. Sharpshooter Jew, thank you. And Logan Patterson, thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You make this show possible. In fact, you made it possible for me to hire freelancers and broaden the scope of what Sphere can represent. And I cannot thank you enough for that. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Gable doesn't talk to Travis. Uh, they just grab him by the bicep and place another hand on top of the mangled paw. Careful, that's a loaded gun. <laughs> uh, and before doing anything, Gable brings him closer and whispers in Travis's ear, I fucking hate <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I'm going to try and use magic to heal him. Okay. This is also daunting. Okay. I'm going to make a sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice are you intending to make? I don't have any more hair. <laughs> you don't have hair. Don't have any more hair. Um. How about you cut off a hand? 
Here's the thing. We haven't talked about what I remember yet. No, we have not. What a f- good opportunity to forget something. Interesting. You're trying, you're going Ooh. to try and forget something that you remember. Which, like, as far as the progress of the game is concerned, not great. <laughs> yeah, this is a fascinating mm. concept. And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really, be, I don't even that, know if you possibly, if you it, can do that. It, yeah, it could be just a Jonnet thing. I think probably my, like, divine stuff needs to be more physical no no uh so i I will say that sacrifice can come in many different ways and you know magic can be fed sacrifices that are ethereal like that uh you know you sacrificing your hair is as much symbolic as it is physical someone sacrificing blood could be symbolic but it's also so common that it's often just physical Mm -hmm. uh sacrificing things like memory especially like the memory of a loved one and a person that is a tremendous deep sacrifice that people can make. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that does make sense for Gable because memory is so precious Mm -hmm. at this point because there's not a whole lot there. I think. And it might be overkill in this situation. You're, you're just trying to avoid seeing a doctor and Travis has just annoyed you quite a bit. So the idea that you would make a major sacrifice over this. That's what, like, in my player brain, I realized Chance probably wants us to go see a doctor. (laughs) 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 He probably wants us to go meet. You're going to need the help of someone skilled. Go meet a new NPC. So, yeah, we'll try this again. But I'm using just regular divine magic. So we'll see. Maybe this won't even be a thing. If you're going to take your time, maybe at least get a cup so I can bleed into the cup and then drink my blood so I don't lose so much blood. It's funny. I didn't realize your fifth transformation was into an asshole. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, so asshole season. That's, that's how I start. This is not... I, in- turn, I turn from an asshole into a bird. <laughs> into a bird. <laughs> Back into an asshole every day. It's just... Really, that's the real magic of the forest queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that magic was all me, baby. Ooh. Oh... Oh my goodness! What happened? Uh, I think Gable did it. That's a triumph and two frets. Ooh. Okay. Uh, did was there a success that got canceled out? Yes. No. Okay. So, the it is a failure because the the triumph is actually a success, but you do have one failure there. Um, that little X on this die right here. So that'll cancel out the success of the triumph. So you don't manage to heal the arm. Hmm. Um. In fact, there's potential for new complications to be introduced, but this triumph is interesting. But it's not one. No, no. So triumph, but even if the success happens. of the triumph gets canceled out, mm-hmm. uh, it, it still works. I think I know what happens. Perfect. Yeah, please. <laughs> this is so stupid. Uh, Gable is doing like some divine magic and like a great flame erupts. It looks beautiful. It's full of wonder and glitter and then all of a sudden the flame rises up and then just burns the arm off. Oh man. Off? <laughs> because so now we don't have the problem of the coyote part but now it's just gone. <laughs> but did it like cauterize? Yes. Yeah, I don't think you're bleeding now. You I think you might have who Oh, yeah, just like burns. So I'm just in a ton of pain. 
I made it worse. I think it's worse in a way that I couldn't have predicted, but mm. we're going to see what we can do for this. Travis, <laughs> you, well, as these flames rise up, you don't feel pain from it. In fact, you feel a warm sense of relief. You feel anxieties, fears, hatreds, things inside you melt away for a short period of time while this fire is there. Um, watching it like behind, uh, away from all of the animosity and, and things that banter crops up, you see the person across from you is your friend, your oldest friend, your most dependable friend. And you feel that connection. And in feeling that, in feeling something genuine and true, you're in touch with something that you usually try to ignore. You're in touch with yourself. This is an almost meditative feeling. And that is what lets you know as the fire dies away and you're left with this stump that something is truly, tremendously wrong. It's an instinct, a gut thing. So once the flames stop, am I in pain then? You're not in pain. Not physically in pain. Spiritually, you feel like your soul has just been ripped asunder. There is something so, so deeply, terribly wrong. What did you do? What? I... I, I what did, was that? I didn't... I didn't... I, I, I did it. I did it. I fit. Uh, you're not bleeding. I'm so, I'm so, I, I didn't mean, to, uh, oh, we, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, we have to get you to a doctor. But the doctor, you don't know. You don't know. No, I, 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 I did. I did. I, I, I did you use, <laughs> don't touch me. What? I didn't, but I, I, ever, it's because you touched the feathers. What do you mean? Now you're a feather. What What does that mean? <laughs> you're a feather now. What does that mean? And all that, all of that feather stuff is in you. What do you mean feather stuff? I don't know. All those horrible things. Horrible things. The ship bumps as it's pulled fully into dock. And in this small room, you're not very well bound down and things were thrown haphazardly obviously to even begin this cure you had to take out uh, take off uh, Travis's jacket and spilling out of one of his interior pockets luminaries move across the ground and as you look at this spread of luminaries you can see the changeling is not in the deck something's wrong yeah you don't have a hand of course something's wrong. No. It's more than that. What do you mean? I, f I don't feel right. I haven't... I haven't felt like this since before. Since before. And I don't like it. What time is it? I am going to say it is... Three. Okay. And the sun should be down around 7.30. Jeez. Is she closer or farther 
can't feel her at all. Could be a good thing. No. I wasn't ready. Hmm. I didn't. You did. I didn't. I... <sighs> well, let's go, you know, do whatever we're here for. Do you think you'll change? I don't know. We can get it back. We can find her. I don't... I don't know if I want to. The only thing I know right now is that when we get down into town, you are going to buy me a new jacket. Yep. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I think your meeting in Draft's room is suddenly broken up by calls of Ahoy! on the outside of the ship. Uh, for those that haven't been listening to the Pirate History Podcast, Ahoy is the word that someone would say on another ship or at a port uh, asking if your captain is aboard. Are you going to get that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have this great friendship with the captain. Are you feeling well or shall I give you a fainting couch? <laughs> I feel awful and I'm already lying down. <laughs> Give me my coat. Gable just kind of drapes it around his shoulders <laughs> like he's convalescing an old man. <laughs> Let's go. After you. We see striding across the deck of the ship out of the, the captain and medical quarters area, Gable Travis and the captain walking together just as coming up from lower decks, we see a tired looking boy <laughs> covered in feathers um, emerging as well. Yeah, no one asked me what I was up to. <coughs> Coughs up a feather. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like bright, colorful peacock feathers, too. Well, no, <laughs> they're, 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 oh, it's just right. a long, he, like, yeah, he comes up. The stem of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. kind of that, like convalescent white, I guess. So you got the Lucas treatment, huh? You knew? Oh, yeah. He's a little bastard, isn't he? <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. He's a bad one. Anyway, you did great. You're alive. <sighs> Thank God. Okay. What's going on over here? <laughs> I don't know. No. He is being pretty ungrateful for saving his oh, don't, life. Don't talk, don't talk to me about being ungrateful. I, don't know. I saved everyone's life. Rubber glue hits me, sticks to Drew. I, that's not it. I'm, I'm fine. What? I'm trying to be fun I'm this Drew. arc. No. <laughs> Please, no. I'm going to be a fixture of the show. No, no, thank you. Ooh, buddy, I don't know if I like this. I don't, I don't like you very much. <laughs> I'll remember how to do this voice again for sure. No, you won't. Oh, it's just like my voice, but deeper. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you want to get in a circle? Or? So, uh, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I found this great room. No, <laughs> there's all kinds going, of spooky stuff no, in there. You're not going back in there. All right, let's go meet the other captain. Hooray! <laughs> so we <laughs> head to uh, the gangplank uh, that Daisy, that Daisy and Fuentes have lowered uh, 
onto the dock. You can see a contingent of people from Nordia uh, waiting nearby. Uh, they all look weathered. Um, this is clearly a place that has a lot of wind. Uh, their skin is dry and hard. Uh, those that are those that uh, grow facial hair have long beards uh, and hard eyes as they look up over the ship. Uh, some of them appear to be uh, assessing things, writing things down. Welcome to Nordia. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, this pleases me, this voice <laughs> that you will be forced to do as long as we're here, uh, which will be a long time. long time. I will extend it as long as possible. Well, I suppose that's good. I'm <laughs> glad to start <laughs> off on the right foot. <laughs> uh, uh, does Travis know anything about this, this town at all? Uh, he could. Uh, would you like to roll yeah, like knowledge adventuring or something? We all could uh, know Make stuff. it average. I mean, you and Travis things, more yeah. than anybody do. I don't think Jonnet could know I don't this. think Jonnet does. I don't think Jonnet does know. I think Jonnet knows. Jonnet knows a lot of stuff. Jonnet's a smart boy. My boy, Jonnet boy. Can I get a blue because I'm so old? I'm so old. So old. I like that Liz granted him that blue. I mean, yes, obviously. If the dice are near me, I get to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's uh that's uh two advantages and uh, two uh freaking uh successes there. You've definitely been here before. Uh yeah. you were here at a time where there used to be a lot more land. This used to be way farther inland than Ooh, it is right now. Spooky. Very <clears throat> scary. Um, th this used to be way farther inland and a much larger community. Uh, looking around, you can see there are a lot of abandoned houses uh, that are up on these hills. Uh, you can also see looking out over to where the water is, where the ocean is encroaching beyond the bogs. You can see many houses that have been abandoned and are now underwater. This place is still colorful. Uh, there's still a brightness to it, especially now. Um, you can see that there are lots of painted decorations and streamers around this town. The people that you're speaking to uh, all have uh, some flowers clipped to their clothing mm. as well. Uh, how long ago was I here? Like... Sounds like a while. Uh, yeah, this is a question that I'll let you answer, but it's over a decade at least. Oh, okay. Is there, would I know of, basically, I want to know if I would know if there is some sort of magical healer, spiritualist type person that I could see. I think the last time that you were here, I think you used to stop here more frequently. You stopped coming here because the Church of the Slain God progressively got more and more of a hold of this place. Interesting. So, you know, there are church people here. There is not a, any specific knowledge that you have of, of a healer being here. But there are a couple, like, sites that you might know about, like, interesting things. And I'll let you pull facts out of your back pocket. Sure. Um, <clears throat> especially with a role like that. One more question that I have that is we can maybe remove. <laughs> Initiating redaction. Hello, this is Spoiler Bot, the bot that blocks. I'm sorry I sound so down. 
I know you come to me, spoiler bot, for light-hearted redactions of material that could compromise a listener's enjoyment of an organically unraveling long-form narrative. But believe it or not, my scripts take several weeks, if not months, to develop, draft, revise, and produce. And, well, it can be pretty dang hard to keep up. An hour before this episode was meant to go live I had to throw out my fourth redaction script in as many weeks. And this was after I spent several hours in the studio, recording, and several weeks in the editing bay polishing the production. Don't do the math on that. First it was a brilliant six-minute bit on how coronavirus was actually a computer virus and every time I sneeze I find my bank account numbers in the tissue. But then a bunch of people actually started dying and it got too real. So then I thought I'd get political and wrote this Abbott and Costello sent up where I keep mixing up Mayor Pete and a computer mouse. But he dropped out of the race with sudden, suspect timing and it just didn't feel relevant anymore. At that point I said forget getting topical, let's play it safe. I put together this huge piece centered around E3 and basically how bangin' of a time it was gonna be this year, for a true gamer like me. It had a bunch of speculation, surprises, and an interactive segment where fans could tweet their E3 predictions for a chance to win an Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch. Well I don't know if you saw the news but I bet you see where this is going. I got Casey to cover for me and say that the episode was delayed because he needed more time, and rushed to put together one last redaction to rule them all. I reached out to my old college pal Tommy Hanks, who's always good for a favor, and pitched him a 60-minute spoiler redaction where we just sit down and shoot the shit, Mark Marin style. He said he loved the idea and would call in just as soon as he finished getting his coronavirus test. But it's been four hours and he still hasn't gotten back to me so there goes that. Sigh. Anyway. I'm sorry I couldn't think of anything interesting to say in this spoiler redaction. To make up for it, I promise my next redaction will be twice as long and ten times as loud. Redaction complete. Oh, that rules nasty, so much. Nasty. Cool. Oh, I that's love all. that. That's all. Just, just uh, okay. yeah. planting that in That there. rules. That's that's a brilliant idea. You're, you're a genius. Thank you so much, John <laughs> it's, Romero. It's so much fun how... To be a genius. <laughs> uh, to just have be like me. Um, to how that stuff just like works out sometimes. I think that is so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't believe we set that up and literally in the previous arc and no didn't idea. think that this was going to happen to right. you. That's so, that's so much fun. Um, I like bits. Yeah. Anywho. Are, is there like a... Sh- there is. I will tell you. Mm-hmm. There is a, sh- a shrine to the luminaries here. Yes. Absolutely. That I would like to visit. Perfect. So looking at you as you're like kind of looking around this place, taking in the differences, uh, you can see the person that you were talking to looks a little bit concerned, like you you were just having a conversation that you have kind of tapped out of. Uh, sir, uh, I'm sorry. Are are you the captain of this ship? Uh, no, he he is, but um, he's a shy man, and I often speak for him. Uh, what's your docking fee? Uh, there's no docking fee, uh, just that we expect to be paid for, uh, doing some of the work to your ship. We... Hey, Faithy, I am working right now. I'm going to have to call you back. But I'm, I'm in right, a well. Talk to you later. Please working. help. I'm in, help me. Help, help me there's sharks well. in the whale. Tell her I said hi. Tell her I said hi. Johnny and Liz and Tyler say hi. Uh, no, no, no. Hey. Liz and Tyler did not say hi. Only I said hi. No. I'm we saying hi right well. now, and I'm saying hi twice. So tell her that I said hi twice. Okay. Tyler says hi twice. Johnny did say hi first. Tell her I said Tyler sucks. Liz said I said, I, I said you're in a well. well. Yeah, you're in a well. You're, you're in a well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
you got to tell us what she says. Johnny, Faith says hi. Okay. Tyler, Faith says hi twice. Liz, nope. send help. Okay. I will. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk it. to you later, Faithy. Bye. Turn off your ringer, James. Yeah. How old are you? Are you, are 65? you 65 years old <laughs> as a human man? What are you Turn off your me? ringer. I had it on so that I could let people in to record the show. Oh, that's a great that excuse. That was hours ago. I've ne- I haven't had a ringer on my phone since since high school. I turned on my ringer last week and it was unsettling. Why? People message. I, I needed to hear a message from the other room. From the other realm. From the other, from realm. The other realm. Yes. A ghost. A boom. Uh, pull up some names real quick. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? You're right. Climate change is fake. <laughs> uh, Can I get a clean take of that, Drew? Climate change is fake and <laughs> capitalism is good. Thank you. Can you say that with your name, Slate, for me? Mm, yes, of course. Yes. I am James D'Amato. Climate change is a fake thing that's yes. not real. Uh, and uh, capitalism is good. Scotty Jackson. Aye, it's awfully familiar of you to be asking an old Skyjack like myself if he ever spent time with a black lily. Bold, too, to be speaking their name as though they were any other group of lovers for hire. You're young, though, so maybe you're just looking for a special evening and don't know that the roots of the lily go farther than that. Being an Ariner can be an isolating thing. Work is hard, the hours are long, and there ain't much privacy aboard a ship. If you don't find yourself a matey, you face lonely nights. And even if you can, experience will teach you that mixing love and work can be hazardous to the young and foolish. Many folk who live in the sky look for love during their precious few stops at a part. And when folk don't have time or luck finding companionship on their own, buying time with coin is the only sensible option. It varies between sailors, but for some folk, living without kind touch and words degrades the spirit. It ain't no life to feel alone, especially when you're suffocated by an ever-present crew. And that is the first thing you need to understand about the Black Lilies. They believe in that. They commit themselves to caring for lost and hurt souls, in body and mind, through intimate touch and words. They're willing to work and fight for this belief. It's a bit religious, if you ask me, and some folk even say that the lilies started as an old religion before the stars fell. Even if that's true, not all lilies are alike. Unlike the church, they're not all reading from the same book. They believe the same things, but they each go about believing in different ways. I don't remember any of the old poems, but it all goes something like, Health and pleasure are to be cultivated and shared. Isolation and suffering ain't natural. There are none that should suffer shame or punishment for expressing consensual desire. And selling of love should be respected as much as selling the strength of your arm or the product of your labor. Now, you might be able to buy a kiss off a lily, but in my experience, you're better off finding a lily who will sell you a lesson on how to kiss. 
There are a few groups of lilies who travel about, teaching folk all the proper and safe ways to practice love, including midwifen and mending of souls that's been damaged by cruelty. Some lilies are rumored to travel to places that repress love and ban touch to save those who suffer there. Black lilies can be any folk, men, women, and those who take every blend of heartroot tea. Apart from their core principles, the only thing that binds different groups of black lilies is that they all bear the mark of the black lily on their person. True lily brands are made from the petals of the black lily itself, which only blooms in the presence of shared ecstasy. <clears throat> so it is said. Some wear the mark proud, and others keep it hidden. And the world is full of more than a few pretenders. Most of the time, lilies don't mind pretenders. If a cheap tattoo is enough to scare greedy clients from cheating a poor boy trying to earn his bread, then it does more good than harm. But you do well to heed my word and never cross a lily. They have no of powerful magics. They don't use blood, bone, or relic like other sorcerers. They find their power in what exists between two people. I've heard tell that a lily can banish fear with a glance, heal a wound with a secret, or take a life with a kiss. Some say that black lilies don't age, that they can make themselves appear handsome to any that cast them an eye, and that even the mariner can't touch a lily in full bloom. I can't tell you what's true, but I can tell you what I believe. It's well known that the Red Feathers officially disallow their members from buying love, even if no one truly regards that particular policy. Most think that's because comfortable sailors tell valuable secrets, but I've heard it's because they've run afoul of black lilies in the past and paid the price. So they keep their members away, lest they run afoul of the black lilies once more. If the Red Feather Syndicate won't trifle with something, then it's not to be trifled with. Now then, with that said, if you do find a black lily this eve, be sure to ask them if they'd like passage with you and your crew. It's considered polite as they need to travel from time to time. And no good sailor should want their crewmates to be suffering the ailments that a lily can cure. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of dinty more beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E... 
P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. For our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky